Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by Corey Comstock of Coaches and Closures. So thank you for joining us, Corey, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a ton for having me. So Coaches and Closures is really a combination of years and years in the high-ticket space. Uh, a lot of those years were spent in sales training, a lot of years just obviously in the trenches on the phone and in Zoom calls. Uh, I still take calls today. I'm, I'm on the phone, you know, majority of the day, obviously outside of running the company. So um, we just saw a big gap in the, in the industry, right? It was like these, these closers would come on uh, the high ticket business owner had so much overhead. They would bring somebody on, spend the money for maybe a headhunter recruiter to find the closer, bring them on, hope they could onboard them in a timely fashion and then hope that they could hit KPI. And it usually didn't work out that way. So it's kind of a hiring carousel, if you will. Right. No, it is tricky because um, everybody has their own specialty. You know, you can't do it all. Like I, I'm, I'm a worker bee. Like I keep work, 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 you know, but when it comes time to like sales and the quota, I'm like, that's not my specialty, but you, you definitely need people in that space to do it because I could sit here and say, I could do it all. No, I can't. <laughs> so having <laughs> someone who has the expertise in that is like really fundamental. So tell me your story of transitioning from a salesman to a high ticket closer. Yeah, good question. So it's interesting. I remember I was in high school. This was 2000, I don't know, 2002, 2003. And uh, I was working at a motorcycle shop. I was I was way into that. I still enjoy a lot of that with my kids. But uh, it was obviously not, not taking me anywhere, right? It was more of a, a job to pay the bills at the time. And a friend of mine, I'm still very good friends with him today. He was, uh, he went into sales working for Verizon and selling, selling cell phones. And this was way before, you know, people were trying to grab you out of the kiosk at the mall, right? right. You kind of built your <laughs> customer base and, and they came to you through referrals. But I got a taste of sales then and it was a lot of fun. Um, I learned a lot, learned communication skills that will serve me for the rest of my life. But it's interesting because I, I worked a few different sales jobs. So I went from there and I, I sold for a fencing company where I was kind of instead of in a, in a mall or retail space, it was out and about. I kind of made my own schedule. And that was cool too, because I got to see the the difference in, hey, if they're getting five or six or seven different fence bids, like why are they going to choose me, right? So it, it immediately allowed me to start thinking outside the box. And at the time I was a young kid in a space of professionals that a lot of them have been doing it for a decade or more, right? So um, I guess really the transitional point for me though, is I got to a point where it's like, I hear about these people making all this money in sales. Like I love the business. I love the people. I love the communication and I'm good at it. At least I think I'm good at it, but like, where's the money, right? Like how do I, how do I get to the money? So um, I, I found, I stumbled upon this space and I just, I fell in love with the high ticket space in the sense that you're not just selling a product, you're selling a service mm -hmm. that if, if done correctly and if sold to the right person, it's life changing. Right. And to me, that was a, I get to make great money and change lives. And somewhere in the middle is the client that gets to dictate if they're willing to do the work or not, which is out of my hands. Right. So right. I, uh, that's, that's kind of how I got here. Nice. 
Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, you can only, you know, explain to people what has to get done. But we just had this other conversation before where people have to do the work. Every, you know, everybody wants instant gratification in the world we live in today. But it's like, it's a process and it requires work. And if you, you know, I can teach you how to do it. But if you're not willing to do the work, you know, don't blame me, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. So what helped you make the leap? Like, what do you think keeps a good closer from becoming a great one? They stop learning. Right. I think it's really it's it's easy for a closer to go not easy, but a closer can can get involved with this business and make six figures that first year. Right. And uh you you know, if you take somebody from a say they're making forty, fifty, sixty thousand a year to a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand a year, I think for a lot of folks it's really easy for that ego to kind of to grow, right? So um I think staying humble, right, and understanding that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I don't know who said it, it's certainly yeah. not my line. <laughs> but uh environment's crucial, right? Being around people that you can learn from. Um, I like it, when I bring on uh, new closers for our company, we handpick them per account. So depending on what that offer is, we'll go handpick a closer from our, I don't know if I want to say our database, but from our community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always like to have like the really heavy hitters, uh, meaning like our top producers. I've, I'm always looking for the next person that's going to come in and outperform them mm -hmm. to keep them on their toes. Right. So uh, looking for someone that's humble and, and when we do trainings, they're willing to accept the fact that you don't know everything, nor do I or nor does anybody else. So if we can get one little nugget out of that training, it's the small nuggets that seem to make the biggest impact in these conversations. So yeah. I think that would be it. Uh, it's important. Like I always say, I'm a lifelong learner. I mean, you know, I went to school, you know, graduated, got my master's, but I'm constantly taking courses, learning new things. You know, people are always like, why? I'm like, you know, the world is constantly evolving and changing. If you don't continue to keep up with that, you're going to be left behind. I mean, literally, I mean, when you just look at like chat GPT, I mean, look from a week ago. I mean, it's just you have to constantly and don't be afraid to learn. You know, hey, I'm a student. I'm always that. Why? Why? But tell me why. You know, people hate when I do that. But I'm like, I'm just curious. Why? You know what I mean? That's yeah. the problem learn. Uh, I could not agree more. That's uh, I had one of my one of my mentors. He's a good friend of mine. And he said, always come from a place of curiosity. Yeah. Right. And it was like. He always said high engagement, low attachment. So it was like, go, go to hell and back essentially to serve your client, right. but don't be attached to the outcome. And so, I don't know, don't you find that it's more fun too when you come from a place of curiosity? Absolutely. I'm always just, you know, it, it's funny. It could be the stupidest thing. Like I, I'll go to a supermarket and, you know, they have the carts one way, but I'm always like, but why? Like I would think you should put them here, but tell me why you, because then I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But maybe I could be like, I get it, but don't you think you should? do it this way and they might say but uh, you know and everybody's like well you care i'm like yeah but just curious like why you know <laughs> i love that <laughs> so now how long does it take to develop a salesperson into an elite high ticket closer oh that's a really good question you know it's interesting because you see some some sales pros that step in like they've already got a lot of the communication stuff down um but when you when you really differentiate a, a sales pro versus a closer a, a sales pro in a lot of cases, I think of somebody that like nurtured long-term accounts, like they, you know, maybe they're in the, um, I don't know, like the uniform space for companies that have uniforms, right? And like they right. nurture these places that will continue to use them forever, which is great. That's a, that's a great skill set. But a closer, their, their true role is to, to identify who needs help, why they need help, why do they need help today? So it's like the time, the timing, are they teachable? Like you mentioned, right? If somebody's unteachable, you can't help them. So the, I found that the the people that come in humble, even if they're making phenomenal money and they've got a great, great setup as a sales pro, 
a closer's role is to, to get it done. And that means if this person is not an ideal fit for the account we're working on, like I've, I'm very uh, prescriptive on how I approach that, but my team knows if that client's going to be a headache for the, for the account owner we're selling for, odds are it's going to end up in a refund or a chargeback anyways. Right. right? So let's focus in on who we really want to work with. And then, like you said, be curious, go to hell and back to serve them. Um, what makes it what makes it quicker? How long does it take? I've seen some closers as soon as sixty days in, where they're really they're they're great. They're they're good. They're not great, but they're good. Right. Um, but a lot of our closers. I mean, I've I've been in the high ticket space since two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got uh, if I think of two or three other. I've got another closer that's been in it for seven years. Uh, another one that's been in it for twelve with some of the bigger names in the business. So. It uh, to be to be great, exceptional. What some people are calling eight players, uh, you know. I think five, six years to really get the reps is where it comes through. Nice, that's good to know. Yeah. So now, how difficult it is it to find a killer closer? Oh, good question. You know, it's it, it's tough. It is tough for sure. We vet so for every closer we hire, we'll probably vet fifteen, um, and we've got a pretty extensive process. So we we essentially. I have an operations team and they'll go through uh, the recruiter and operations team will go through together and essentially vet, you know, find, find the closers, vet them. They go through a a strict process that we have built out and then they come to me. I vet them. And then I personally take them through several mock, you know, pitches or closes, if you will, Mm -hmm. and just see how they're going to approach it and and how they follow up. So I don't even tell them that just because it's a, a mock, a mock interview pitch, I still expect you to follow up with me if I, if you don't close the deal today. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. They always say too, like, um, somebody was telling me like, always record your calls with people so that you can, you know, because it's true. You, you might think you're sounding and doing something one way. And meanwhile, it doesn't really appear that way. So you kind of learn from your own mistakes that way. So doing like mock interviews like that would be, you know, ideal because, you know, they might think like, yeah, I already got it. It's all good. But, you know, hey, if you can't convince you, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Good call. <laughs> now, do you ever feel like you ever arrive? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, good question. I, uh, I've i thought about that a lot, right? And I remember when, when I first started, I, I remember watching The Secret. And they had that dollar bill, I think is where I saw it. And they had the dollar bill where you'd write down what you want to, what you want to generate the income. Right. And it, it's interesting because that I, I put down 80,000 and I, I, me and my wife were together dating at the time, but I just remember if I could make 80,000, like it would change my life. Right. right. And uh, I think that first year, and it was, there was a lot of variables, but that first year, I think I did like 140 grand, right. Nice. Blew that out of the water. <laughs> and it was like, it was life changing. Right. But the thing that was so neat about it is I found that I wasn't chasing the money as much as it was like, I refuse to let somebody lose. Right. So like I was either going to, you were either going to tell me no and hang up and it wasn't high pressure and like stuff like that, but you were going to tell me no and like literally hang up on me before I'd quit on. You. Right. Right. And so I think that that there's something about the, Every conversation, every client, every situation is different that keeps me coming back for more. It's like my, maybe that's my addiction. I don't know, but I get <laughs> like awesome. these dopamine hits when right. we help people. So, um, yeah. It's that's awesome. I get like that too, where it's kind of like one of a perfectionist. So it's always like, I have to do better. I have to do better. But even like 
that that's one thing that I always found like I always feel like my client success is my success because my name is on that too, where I always put 150% of myself into everything I do. And I was in an accident at one point and someone else was trying to step in and help. But to other people, it's a paycheck and you can see the difference in the quality. So you obviously have that passion because it's your business. So you definitely want to, you know, you want them to succeed. And that's what makes you feel good. Unfortunately, in the world we live in, that's not everybody. But that's where you weed out the good and the bad, I guess. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, So what does it take to stay on top of your game? You're always, I think that goes hand in hand with your last question, right? Which is, have you ever arrived? And I think as soon as it is, I've, there's been times where subconsciously I got comfortable and I didn't even realize it where it's like, oh, I'm, I, I got this, right? Um, and it, it's always been short-lived. I think it's only happened two or three times, but it's been short-lived. But you'll see someone coming in that's that's got far less experience, but they're like, they're in the books, they're in the, the webinars, they're breaking down their own calls they're having other people listen to their recorded pitches right mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they just start like they're, they're catching you quickly right mm-hmm. and it's not that about like the number on the sales board is is the only thing right because it's not it's not about the money but it's like kind of like i said before like if i can't help somebody that on paper like based on what they've shared with me and where they're at and what they need that they absolutely need my help if for whatever reason at the end of the conversation i can't get them through I feel like I've failed them mm-hmm. right now. I know that that's probably like a, like a trick in my own mind. You can't help everybody, right? They've got to help themselves, but I, I don't know. I just, I found that fascinating where it's a, I don't, I don't like yourself. Letting, yeah. 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 No, but I mean, it's good because, you know, it's like, I'm the same where I don't, um, I don't accept no. And it's, you know, you just want to help people. And like you say that you can't help everybody all the time, but there's always that one where like, what could I have done different? You know, you're beating yourself up thing because you're like, yeah. failure is not an option, you know? <laughs> nice. It's like, what did I do? What could I have done differently? Yeah. That's you know? debri- we call it debriefing. So it's like <laughs> after the deal, I like to go sit down with one of my guys or, and I suggest they do it. They don't always do it, but I, I ask them to, it's like, come sit down with me. Like, yeah. tell me about the deal. I just want you to talk it out and I'll be your soundboard. Nice. And that way you can kind of play through like, Hey, did I cover this? Did I, did I tie this down? Did I truly get to the bottom of what they needed? Right. Was I running? Was I running an agenda, or was I truly here to help them? Right. right. So I don't know. It's it's that's what's so fascinating about this business. To me. That's good because it's it's basically like you want to make sure you you so it doesn't happen again. You know, so it's kind of like you you're cut, covering all your bases and making sure you covered everything. And if there was something missing, let's catch it together so that we don't do this again. And yeah, but awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now, where do you find the purpose in what you do? This this business, I mean, you you've got some people that will that will invest the money, they'll invest very little time, and they see very little result. Right. You've got other people that will, you know, whether it's we have a lot of real estate clients, so people that teach other uh, new real estate investors how to really whether it's rehabs or rentals, Airbnb, you know, flips, right. et cetera. And then we've got other accounts that are more on the like off Wall Street, you know, thinking outside of the stock market. So everything from storage units to syndication deals, right? And um, so the thing that's interesting about that is the clients that we help, it's kind of like because we're a plug and play sales team, a done-free sales team, like we're serving the client that owns the account, okay. but then we're serving their clients too, okay. right? So it's like the purpose for me is, a, help the client, right? Like help the, the client's client as much as possible, ensure that they're taken care of, ensure that they're onboarded appropriately. And all it, it's always been integrity-based for us. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
I, I, a, we're going to be, we got to stay in, in integrity with what we're saying, what we're doing, what we're promising. And it's like, we, we have to know without a doubt that a fulfillment can keep up with what we're talking through. Right. right. And if not, it's like, let's, let's narrow that. Let's, let's pull the throttle back a little bit and then get fulfillment stronger. But it's also the other purpose is like showing my clients that the client that we sell for, we plug into a lot of them are working endlessly on the revenue roller coaster where it's like they have to sell, sell, sell. They sell enough clients or onboard enough clients that now they're stuck in fulfillment for two or three months. And it's like, well, I don't have any revenue coming in. So it's like cash in fulfillment, cash in. And so that teeter totter for a lot of my, my clients is they've got this belief that nobody can sell it like that. They've got this belief that they are the business. And it's like, look, I, I know you believe that. And I know you probably experienced that, but when you bring on a team that has that real life experience that truly understands not only your client, but your offer, their pain points, what they need, why they need it, what else they've tried, how long they've been trying, and truly understands your product or your offering, that that conversation is, I don't want to say it's simple, but it's people are looking for a solution to their problem. And if we truly can solve their problem in a legitimate way, we can hold them in, in integrity with what they pr told us they wanted. Right. So it's like it goes both ways without having to be the high pressure. It's, you know, if we don't do it today, we're not doing it today. Like people that are doing it that way, it's silly. Right. But, anyways, I think that that's the biggest purpose for us is just let's change some lives and let's do it the right way. Nice. So, now what gap does coaches and closers fill? You know, I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, there's a lot of the phenomenal coaches out there, there's a lot of phenomenal service based, you know, offerings. And so many people are stuck at a certain point where it's like they're the they're the center of the wheel, right? So they're in the center and all the spokes are leading to fulfillment, paperwork, janitor, customer service, refunds, charge, like they got all this stuff. And we just found that instead of re recreating the wheel, if we could plug a service into somebody that's they're they're maxed out at capacity, right? There's only so many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. If we could plug our team in and offload the entire sales process from follow-up to confirming appointments to tracking the pipeline, updating all leads as we go, cash collected, reporting, KPIs, et cetera. We handle everything from you know hiring to training, et cetera. They actually, the closers work for my company, not for the, the account we're working on. So mm -hmm. the, the accountability factor there for us is that not only will the account owner get daily reporting, but they're going to have daily and weekly reporting on cash collected, uh, contracted, how many appointments were held, how many showed. So we're giving them, you know, world-class feedback or, or I should say priceless feedback on their marketing too, where it's like, Hey, our close rate is, you know, 40, 45, 35, 55, 75%, depending on the offer, but we can slowly tweak that number as long as the account owner is willing to to work with us and go, Hey, our onboarding process is quick, but we're really not going to see the, to the, numbers where they, oops, I'm losing an AirPod, where they should be for about 90 days, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we can create sales and allow you to step out of the driver's seat without worrying about being in a cash crunch right. in 90, you know, 60, 90 days, that's really where it can shine, where they can kind of step back and go, okay, <laughs> nice. like I, I, you guys can do it like me, maybe right. better. So. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Getting somebody that works alongside with you and you know, kind of work with you um, and make their life easier because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, they could do the job, yeah. but they have, you know, like they were talking about with, um, you know, like SaaS companies, like they 
They just want to make the product. They don't have time to do the, the daily market. Let the people focus on what they're good at. So if they're good at running the company, you handle that. I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. That's awesome. Good call. Good call. One of my friends called it the, the chief everything officer. He's like, you don't have to be the chief everything <laughs> officer. Yeah, no, too many people think that, but it's like, eh, but you, no one's that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So now who are coaches and closers best positioned to help? Our, our perfect client is a niche coach or service provider, right? Okay. So like we don't do, we don't really work with health coaches. That's a beautiful service and it's phenomenal, but we really focus more on the niche side. So we've got, con we've got clients, everything from like contractors, helping other contractors build systems and scale. We've got uh, marketing agencies that have a phenomenal marketing product for coaches or other people in the space. Um, it's multifamily real estate uh, coaching companies to single family and flip. Um, as long as it's niche based, we had one client that was, that was, uh, she's in the, she owns an accounting business, but teaches other accounts how to go from side gig to, to full-time gig. Right. So we kind of found this little niche where if you have a service-based offering and a high ticket offer 5k plus, um, ultimately that's where we fit in. You really lead, lead gen's a big part, right? So our clients need to be doing about 10 appointments a week with the ability to scale on their calendar. We don't come in as like a lead generation. Uh, mm -hmm. We're hoping to add that in the near future, but we're staying in our lane at what we're good at. Right. Um, and that's truly, you know, who we can serve. It's like you, your niche coaching or niche service base. You've got 10 plus appointments on the calendar. Usually we're, we don't want to start until they're doing about 20 grand a month because at that point we can kind of step in. We're commission only. So we step in and take that off their plate, but ensure we can, make up for that gap of what they're paying us on top and then scale from there. Nice. Now, why would someone integrate your team into their offer as opposed to building their own? A lot of our clients have tried. Uh, we've got one offer in particular where, I mean, they've gone through, I don't know, eight to 10 closers before, before they found us. And I, I want to say this nicely, but most, mm -hmm. most coaches or service, service-based business owners, they became good at what they were good at. They, they created a craft around, you know, whether it's accounting or construction or real estate, they got really good at that one thing and they built a business around themselves. They're usually not sales pros. They're usually not closers, right? So mm -hmm. it's not just the closing the deal that counts because if you're the face of the product and your marketing's tight and your fulfillment's good, like the blind squirrel eventually finds the nut. Anybody can close that. But when we want to go to the next level and truly maximize our marketing efforts, and we, we call it dollars per lead, right? The dollars put in $1, get $5 back, $5 back. They, they work with us because we, we step in and that's our one specialty. We're not a, we, we don't have a lot of tricks. We're just really, really good at what we do. Nice. So you want to tell us more about like what you're working on or what kind of services or, you know, how, why, why people should care, like who, who this would care, you know, who this would uh, be beneficial for and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, if you're a service provider or coach in that niche space, you're, you're doing 25, 20, 25, 30 grand a month, you're capped out, you're at your wits end. Um, you, here's the, the caveat. You've already tried hiring closers and it hasn't worked and you've got an internal belief that you have to be the salesperson, you're the exact client I'm looking to work with <laughs> because I want to, I want to a, help you realize that you don't have to run around with your hair on fire in your business all day, but you can truly step back into that creator role, that visionary role 
why most of us started our companies in the first place and uh, spend your time leading from the top, right? If you're stuck in fulfillment operations, paperwork, admin, marketing, there's no way for you to truly refine not only sales process, but the sales training of your team, right? It's like, there's just not enough hours in a day. And truthfully, most, most business owners don't know, like that's not their art. They don't know how to run a team, train them, you know, the salespeople from time to time, we're kind of emotional creatures at times, especially when we have a couple bad weeks in a row. I've gotten really, really good at helping identify, let me just help you, sh- let me show you where you're missing and why, right. in a way where I empower that closer to get back on the phone and make up for it. Right. So uh, if, if the business owner is tired of being tired and tired of feeling like they're burning the candle at both ends, and that's, that's who we work with. Nice. Yeah, it is true. Sometimes you need that like outside person, like, I always worked on the agency side and I always said, you know, I'm safer, like marketing, investor relations. I'm on the middle. I'm not the company. I'm not your investor, shareholder, customer. I'm in the middle. I want to bring you two together. I'm not here to get brownie points from you. I'm not here to get brownie points from you. Trust me to help both of you. So if I'm internal, you have your own agenda, you have your own mindset and you don't always, sometimes you need that outside person who's going to see it you know, objectively and say, you know, and sometimes a company just thinks like, oh, the whole world knows me as this, this, and that. Yeah, well, I kind of spoke to those people and that's not how they see you at all. So a lot of times getting that outside person who's a specialty in that particular field is exactly what people need because they don't see it, you know. That is so good. That is so good. I've never, and that's, that's honestly the role we play, right? It's like, let us tell you what your client's hearing from your marketing and what our closers are seeing. So that's brilliant. I've never even looked at it that way. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I, I'm not a good closer. It's just not my specialty. So let people, you know, put your energy on what you're good at. If you're good at running your company, by all means do that. Let you come in because that's your specialty, you know, because people, you could be a jack of all trades to some extent, but chances are you're going to be good at one or the other. You're not going to be good at both. And that's where that outside person can make or break their business, which is awesome. Well said, 100%. Well said. <laughs> so how could people get a hold of you? Yeah, so go ahead and check out our website. It's www.coachesandclosers.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram as well. You'll probably, it, as you do that, you'll start seeing our ads pop up. We're going we're gonna to be in your world and we'll be retargeting <laughs> you, which I think you'll, you'll like. So nice. take some time to, uh, to get to know us on, on social. I put out a lot of content. I try to do that daily. And uh, we've got a team that, that makes it look pretty and, and puts it out there for us. So um, any questions at all, feel free to send us an email, phone numbers on the site. You can also send us a message on Instagram. Okay, cool. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was Corey Comstock of Coaches and Closures. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show. So thank you again. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.